Welcome back to Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. It's Tuesday morning, the 16th of May. Uh, so much to get through this morning. And David Littleproud, the leader of the National Party, joins us this morning. David, uh, we haven't had the luxury of being and having a discussion with you since the budget dropped last week. Um, obviously concerned. Um, we've seen, once again, the funding ripped out of uh, rural and regional Australia, but more importantly, Queensland, it's been hardest hit. Your thoughts, and you've had some time to work through it now, um, your, your honest take on the budget. There is some good, and there's no two ways about it, with the Medicare levies and some of those things, but the infrastructure and the lack of money funding for dams and other areas just reeks of desperation by a government that's almost broken and is going to run this country into the ground. Mate, it, it, simply this was a welfare budget. Um, this was about making sure people on welfare got more money. And just understand that much of the Medicare rebate increases will, will only go to the cohort of those that are on, on welfare payments. Now, we're not, we're not saying that people on welfare payments aren't doing it tough, but there's policy measures you can do to take down inflationary pressures on them and everybody because ultimately um, those hardworking Australians uh, that are doing it tough at the moment are going to do it even tougher because you're just putting $21 billion worth of extra spending into the marketplace. That's going to put continued pressure on your interest rate either going up or staying up. And then they're going to add 1.5 million new migrants to this country that you're going to have to compete with for your rent or to even buy a place or to buy food. That's going to put inflationary pressure on you. Uh, so some of the policies they're put in place has forced their spending and, and to help those on welfare payments. What we said to those that are on welfare payments, let's actually think differently. Like we, we went to the job summit, the nationals went, and we said, why don't we actually... Uh, allow veterans and aged pensioners to work more hours without impacting their pension payments. We've gone to the budget reply and said, wouldn't a smart thing to do is exactly the same for those that are on welfare? There's 438,000 vacancies across the country. Why wouldn't we allow those that are on so on job seeker to work at three or four extra hours a week, earn an extra, not $40 extra a week, but an extra $200 a week, and the Australian taxpayer isn't paying the bill for it? In fact, that $4.6 billion that they were going to spend, they're going to spend on $40 increase in, in welfare payments. We would, we would nearly halve that if we changed this model to one where we allow them to work more. But the big kicker in this, Dobbo, is that statistics show that over half that go into that sort of program actually transition into full-time work. So let's use some common sense. And not always Why aren't they using that data? What, what, like you, you, you talk about that stuff and the statistics are there and the data's there. Now, if they can find data to say, and I'm being genuine here and I'm diverting a little bit, that's saying that the Great Barrier Reef is dying and all this, they use all those data straight away. But when you've got hardcore data that says that, you know, the, pack, the fact is that people on welfare benefits, how many people actually get back into work and come back in? It's a bit like the re-offenders with the youth crime bill. They just d don't even exactly. want to talk about that. Why is it they're so selective with the data that they're sharing? It's ideology, not practical reality or common sense. And, and that's why we've said to them, you need to consider this. I mean, Chalmers said he would uh, 24 hours out and then um, Amanda Rishworth, the social service minister, 24 hours after that said, no, we're not interested. We're going ahead with the, with the payments because they want to try and wedge us that we may not support the increase of $40. We're likely to support the, the $40 increase because those, those people on social security are doing it real tough. But a lot of that is created by this government. This is inflation created in Canberra, not in Moscow. 
uh, and that's that's on your food, that's on your energy, and for those those out there struggling to pay a mortgage, it's also on your interest rate. So what we've tried to do is try to take away that inflationary pressure. But to bring in one and a half million new migrants and still and then rip out twenty three billion dollars worth of regional infrastructure last budget, but then two weeks before this budget, pause and say that they're going to review $120 billion worth of new infrastructure uh, over the next 10 years, just goes to me, they have no plan to bring these 1.5 million migrants in. How are we going to house them? How are we going to have the infrastructure support them without diminishing your lifestyle? And when you, when you have paused $120 billion worth of critical infrastructure, they'll take away congestion, build the infrastructure in regional areas that will attract migrants. And it's the only reason they did that this was budget night is the treasurer's night of night. It's the night for Jim Chalmers to yeah, get, get up it. and the it. festival of Jim. He didn't want to have he didn't have the courage to come out and again in this budget like he did in last budget and tell regional Australia, yeah, you're going to foot the bill for all this. We're going to cut the infrastructure spend in regional Australia. We're going to take that away from you, and we're going to put it into the Melbourne Rail Link, which will be they put two point two billion dollars in in the last budget without a business case, without any infrastructure plan, infrastructure trail looking at it, they end up in a $250 billion project just so people in Melbourne can get around a bit easier uh, while we, we do it hard. But Jim wasn't finished with us just on infrastructure, mate. He introduced, and so did Murray White, a very, the very first fresh food tax on farmers. So this is the insanity of what they did. A $153 million bill will be sent to Australian farmers to pay for the biosecurity risks of their foreign competitors to bring their foreign goods to compete with Australian farmers. Now, in what parallel universe does any sovereign government charge and tax their own farmers to, to bring in their foreign competitors' product? I mean, that, that's the pure insanity. And now Murray Watt says, oh, no, we'll go down a container levy charge model. The one that we were going to implement by Christmas last year, industry actually want to pay this because – uh, the importers are sitting there going, well, we, uh, every day a boat's bobbing out, uh, not docked, costs about $120,000 a day. So they're very keen to get their boats processed, containers off uh, and processed. So they were prepared to pay this levy. But instead, Murray Watts charged Australian farmers for the importers. Australian farmers already pay a small levy on exporting their goods out. Every time it goes out, it's checked for biosecurity protect brand Australia. But he's, he's hitting us twice. And letting the foreign importers off. A lot of people, no a lot of people in the ag industry, though, David, and, and you will understand this yourself. Understand that that, that, that this is going to happen regardless. So we want to sit at the table with it. Like I mean, they are going to put this levy on. The farmers are copying it, no matter what. And no, 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 it's no, a real they, opportunity. They don't need to yeah. I have to disagree. This is this is where our peak bodies have got to show some courage. In fact, I spoke to one night after. Said, oh no, it's okay. The, the program that we put in place, that in fact I had told the department to implement by Christmas before the election, did not have any charge on Australian farmers. It was to charge on the importers a, a cost recovery model to go through uh, specific um, industries that, co- that gave greater risk and a container levy. And that was all set in place and was to be implemented. So Murray Watt didn't have to do anything other than sign the paper to say, this is what we're going to do. But he changed the ideology. Now, these, these farmers out there today, mate, I'm sorry, they're paying membership to our peak bodies. And our peak bodies, and, and some of the narrative out of this has been disappointing at best. They have been carrying a corner, and it is time that they stand up, whether it be for live sheep, whether it be for water that's going to be ripped away from us, 
whether it be the ag visa or whether it be this, I'm sorry, they've got to start to stand up. Otherwise, you know what happens? We become the, the easy targets of this government every budget and, and all our peaks are, oh, it could be worse. Well, it's going to be worse and you're going to get what you deserve, but unfortunately your membership are sitting there wondering where the hell you are when the, when the alternative was set in stone, it was ready to be implemented, but there's been an ideological change, and that ideological change goes against every farmer. So I just, I mean, I'm to the point where some of these peak bodies, they've either got in the fight or get out of it altogether. Yeah, David Littleproud joining us this morning. We're going to take a break, come back, continue our chat with him this morning across rural Queensland today.